It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What will the identity of the Carolina Panthers offense be in 2023? I'll tell you right now on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Friday I'll be back once again to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council if you'd like to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. Today on Locked on Panthers, we're going to break down with Thomas Brown, the new OC, Ajero Averro, the new DC, and Chris Tabor, who is retained by the new staff here in Carolina. What that had to say on Tuesday as we had an off-season coordinator report, Thomas Brown had a lot to say, Jero, not so much, and even same with Chris Tabor, but still some good information, especially from the new Panthers OC Thomas Brown on Tuesday afternoon, and a couple new signings here in Carolina, so we'll talk about what impact they may have on the Carolina Panthers roster as we continue to count down the days until we are finally back on the football field actually playing football, but we're deep here in the offseason, always nice to hear from the coordinators especially here in the middle of May after the NFL draft. Now, let's start off with Thomas Brown, the new OC here in Carolina, comes over from Los Angeles where he spent time as a tight ends coach and a running backs coach uh, for Sean McVay, a coach that McVay did not want to see leave. But considering he was getting a promotion and going to Carolina, and he's going to be heavily involved in the offensive game plan. So far, he already has been. He was asked about this on Tuesday because originally Frank Reich said that, hey, uh, Thomas Brown's doing a lot to put this offense together and people wanted to know. So how much of the concepts that you bring over from McVay and the Rams is being married into what Frank Reich is doing here in Carolina? Is it 50-50 or is there more of a split? And Thomas Brown said, okay, well, kind of everyday downs. You know, we're looking at 60% 60% Frank Reich, 40% what I'm bringing over from the Rams. Like This is still Frank's offense, but there's plenty of the influence that I have from my background or Sean McVay that's going to be in that. So we're just looking at just, you know, when they're on schedule, it's going to be 60% Frank Reich, 40% Thomas Brown. But other situations, you might see a little bit more of the concepts that the Rams usually use. McVay's offense is typically like to use. When we look at kind of 12 and 13 personnel, so that's either two tight ends or three tight ends on the field. Bringing in Hayden Hurst was important so the Carolina Panthers could be able to have a pass-catching tight end and also have a tight end who fits the offense that is being built here by Frank Reich and Thomas Brown, he says how he likes to have a wide tight end, someone who can block, but can also be an effective pass catcher. Um, that sounds like Hayden Hurst and exactly why Hayden Hurst was sold on Carolina, what he could be and why he decided to come here. That is him. Now, when you're looking at some of the other 
pass catchers at tight end on the roster. You're looking at that second tight end, that F tight end, even the third tight end, you know, the guy who's going to play more off the ball. Ideally, if that player is going to be on the roster, going to be out there playing, you want them to be a little bit more athletic, even if they're kind of undersized. Ian Thomas certainly, I wouldn't say is undersized, but he brings that athleticism. He can also be a blocker. Tommy Trimble, I think, even fits this even more as he's a better athlete than Ian Thomas, and he's already a terrific blocker in the run game and even the pass game. Can we see him take that next step as a pass catcher in this new offense? Ian Thomas, we've talked about it for the last couple of years. Could he be the replacement of Greg Olson? Obviously, that has not occurred, but he has turned himself into a serviceable NFL player, and he's someone that the Panthers invested in off last offseason. Yesterday, we worked that deal, found a way to retain him because they understand that it's not just Hayden Hurst. They want to be able to use him. They want to be able to use Tommy Trimble. We'll see where Gio Ritchie and Stephon Sullivan, how they end up on the depth chart if they do make the roster here in Carolina. And I look at Ritchie as a guy – as that second, that third tight end who absolutely can fit the mold as a guy who's a little bit more athletic, maybe sneaky athletic, but someone who's shown in the past when given the opportunity that he can do something with the ball after the catch. So I'm really excited about tight ends and Carolina can do because that's the position group the last couple of years when Matt Rule was here, when Benak McAdoo was calling plays, and when it was um, – Joe uh, Brady calling plays, uh, for Jeff Nixon calling plays, tight end was not utilized. And it wasn't like the talent on the roster, really, there was a tight end to be used. Now, and when they had an opportunity to do that with Dan Arnold, they traded away to Jacksonville, falling to J.C. Horn, broken foot there in week three of the 2021 season. That ended up in losing a third-round pick and bringing in C.J. Henderson. We all know so far that has not really worked out for the Carolina Panthers. The hope is, though, that can change the season for C.J. Uh, looking at some other things, Bryce Young, Thomas Brown, Shorter guy. I mean, he played running back, so not overly concerned about height when it comes to that position. It's actually nice to be a little bit shorter, so it makes it harder for defenders to be able to identify where you are with the line of scrimmage and so many big, tall hog mollies in the trenches. But he's not concerned about Bryce Young's height. The Panthers have made it known by taking Bryce Young number one overall how little they really care about his height. And Thomas Brown wanted to say, never cared about height, just evaluate state. You know, if it was about the traits and all the physical attributes and that's what you were going out and picking players, then maybe it'd be a different conversation. And certainly at running back, height, not as big of a concern. Now, certainly weight would be a concern, but height and weight, maybe not as big of a concern as it is with a quarterback and Bryce Young. But the Panthers have a plan. They're going to try and figure some things out. And with Bryce Young, we're thinking about his development, if he will start week one. And I was talking to Josh Klein yesterday on the show as we were breaking down rookie minicamp over the weekend. Bryce Young is going to start week one in Atlanta. And when I heard Thomas Brown say on Tuesday that he's getting reps the ones and the twos, that tells you that it's not just Bryce Young coming in, learning the offense, trying to be a leader and all that. They want – well, I mean, it, it is that. But I also want to make sure that he is on the right track by doing all those things, but also – getting the opportunity in the huddle with the ones, the guys that he's going to be asked to lead for 17 games this fall. They want to make sure he's on track that when we come to week one on the road in Atlanta, where maybe Falcons fans will show up to that game, not quite sure, he'll be ready for the pressure and the expectations that are going to be right there on his shoulders as the Carolina Panthers franchise quarterback. As far as play calls go, uh, confirmed by Thomas Brown. On Tuesday, that Frank Reich will be calling the plays in 2023 while Brown will still be there on the sidelines coaching instead of being up in the booth. Frank Reich did say at some point in time that he would pass it off. Now, the question was, would Frank Reich be calling all of the plays in 2023? 
And Brown said, yes, that, of course, is subject to change and could if right feels like it's time for Brown to be the play caller. I would think at least this season with a rookie quarterback that what they want to do is have Frank Reich be the play caller so that he can work up Bryce and then bring back Thomas Brown again next season and then have Thomas spend the entirety of the offseason, I think, transitioning as that key play caller. Because Frank Reich has said that at some point in time, he is going to pass those duties off. Is it this fall? Is it next season? Is it down the road? Passed in? I don't know. But for me, it would make the most sense for Reich as an experienced play caller and coach in this league to call the plays with a rookie. And then in year two of Bryce Young, having been in this offense for a full year and Brown having been in this offense and learning from Reich as he's already learned from John McVay, that then if they want to then pass off the play calling duties, it would make sense to do it next year for Thomas Brown and Frank Reich and the entire Carolina Panthers staff. A couple other things, look at the roster. Um, as far as just what this offense is going to look like, that X wide receiver is so important. How they want someone who can go win one-on-one matchups on the backside in that offense upcoming this year. Can that be DJ Chark? And I think that's what they brought him in here to do. We talk about him being a deep ball threat, but Frank Reich's talked about how they want to expand on his route tree. And he's someone who has been a pro bowler, who's had a 1,000-yard receiving season, and he could be a key signing and a steal for the Carolina Panthers. They could have got him for cheap and get an explosive year out of DJ Chark, and he's going to get the opportunities in this offense, and that's the hope from the Panthers staff, from me, from you, and everyone out there, that DJ Chark can fulfill that role as that ex-wide receiver who can be a big-time playmaker and possibly develop. He's still, what, 26, 27 years old? Could develop into that number one wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. Will he ever become a top-tier NFL guy? I don't know, but if he's someone who can go out there and get 1,000 yards receiving, well, that's what you got from your pass guy, in DJ Moore, and if he can hit it with the deep balls, that wasn't really what DJ was all about. So that could be an upgrade in terms of just, okay, I'm not saying the player overall, but what he could provide as maybe being that backside X wide receiver with the kind of size and speed he has and the ability to beat you deep, I'm for that. So I'm excited to see what DJ Chark could do. As far as the offensive identity, and that's something that everyone wants to know, we hear the concepts and the personnel that they want to they want to play, how much of it is going to be Frank Reich's offense, how much of it is going to be Thomas Browns. You go back and look at the tape and see the things that McVay's offenses have done and, you know, probably what we're going to see over here now and what Frank Reich's offenses have done in the past and, and filled out but really in, in Indianapolis the last couple of seasons. What's the identity of this offense going to be here in 2023 and as long as Reich and Brown are here in Carolina? And Thomas Brown said that it's being physical at every position. There's three things. First off, being physical at every position. It's non-negotiable that for every single player on this team, they need to be physical at the point of attack. It's establishing the line of scrimmage, which we already saw last year with Ike Aquano at left tackle, Brady Christensen at left guard, Bradley Bowes when he stepped in at center, Austin Corbett at right guard, and then you bring in Taylor Moten at right tackle. And let's not forget Cam Irving, who's back as a swing tackle, and Cade Mays in that Arby's package because they brought all the meats. They were able to establish a line of scrimmage. The season changed last year, yes, because they fired Matt Rule, but they leaned on those five, six, seven offensive linemen to lead the way and to lead this rushing attack. Deontay Foreman's not here anymore. When you bring in Miles Sanders, who's coming off a 1,000-yard receiving or rushing season, rather, and was just in the Super Bowl, they can do the same thing. So being physical at the point of attack and establishing the line of scrimmage, 
off, on the offense side of the ball should be of no concern offensively. That should be something that happens to the Carolina Panthers. The second thing is creating winning matchups, whether that's pre-snap motions, that's regular motions, fly sweep motions. They're trying to figure out how they can exploit the defense from a matchup standpoint. That is important, creating and winning those matchups. Because you look at the guy at X, like DJ Shark. All right, you got the matchup. Go win the matchup. That's what they want to see in this offense. That's part of the identity. And then the third thing, the last thing, TNT. Now, it's a little bit more T's than only TNT, uh, but he says things that take no talent. That's alignment. That's assignment, technique, effort, and finish. All things that can be worked on throughout the week. The fundamentals. Alignment, assignment, technique, effort, and finish. Things that they can control every day when they put themselves in the best position to be successful. Ultimately, not putting a defense in a position where they beat themselves. We heard about the DBO in the past. I mean, that's kind of similar to DBO, but it's not as cheesy with the sign that we have Matt Rule. But putting yourself in position to not beat yourself, playing the fundamentals, and the things that you can control. Alignment, assignment, technique, effort, and finish. That is a part of it. So first off, being physical at the Every position, establishing the line of scrimmage. Secondly, creating and winning matchups. And third of all, things that don't take talent, that things that don't, uh, things that take no talent, excuse me, alignment, assignment, technique, effort, and finish. Those are the pillars there offensively as far as Carolina Panthers' identity heading in 2023 with Thomas Brown as their OC and, of course, Frank Reich, the head coach, as their primary play caller, at least for now. So that's how the offense is broken down so far here in the offseason as they're about to head into their third week of installs with this portion of OTAs. How are things looking defensively? Where's Jimmy Chin going to play the outside linebacker battle opposite of Brian Burns? How is that going? And then special teams-wise, Chris Tabor did a great job last year. He's back as a special teams coordinator. What are things looking like in the return game? We'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories and you need the best tasting protein bar ever built? If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just a thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing you won't think that they're good for you. So what makes Built Bars so special, you ask? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real dark chocolate in every single bar and puff. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does this, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy for you. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you no longer need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com, where you can still do that, get your specialty flavors, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff. And if you're close to Sam's Club and a member, run in and grab a 13-bar box of their hit flavors, brownie batter puff, and Shiro Puff, you can thank me later. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
So Thomas Brown had a ton to say about the Panthers' offense. Guy gave a lot of really good insight. Jero Vero and Chris Tabor did not have too much that they were willing to share on Tuesday, but still some good insights. Not as many as uh, Thomas Brown gave us, which he was fantastic. Really great listening to him and very happy to hear a coach willing to be very open about what they want to do schematically and really educate you, the fan, and everyone who covers the team as well. Um, did not get that much from Jero Vero and Chris Tabor, which is fine. Excited to see what those guys are able to do. As we already know, Chris Tabor what a magnificent turnaround there with special teams unit bringing in Johnny Hecker who was on the NFL all-decade team a great punter and all-pro coming off a Super Bowl win with the Los Angeles Rams and then also bringing in Eddie Pinheiro who did a great job after that landing game especially not missing a kick from then on out he was great and then J.J. Jansen the longest tenure Panther back once again you got all three of those guys back so very important to have those guys with the special teams unit just quickly with Chris Tabor he's talking about Kind of the open competition there at kick returner and punt returner. That's been kind of a question the last couple of years of who's going to return punts, who's going to return kicks. The Panthers haven't really had anyone who's done all that much. Now, the guy that was probably their best returner on the team, Christian McCaffrey, wasn't allowed to return kicks and punts because in the NFL, you're not going to sacrifice uh, your marquee players like that. You see all the Chiefs used to do with Tyreek Kill. They're like, we're not going to do that anymore. Now, in special situations, you might see any guy like DJ Moore go out there and return it. But oftentimes, you're seeing him just fair catch and not really get that opportunity. So, that's what the NFL decides to do. I get it. Millions of dollars tied into these players. It just is unfortunate sometimes because we have these conversations about, okay, who can be the returner? You can bring in Andre Roberts, who's 34, who's an older player. He gets injured almost immediately and misses the vast majority of the season. And you don't ever get to kind of reap those rewards and the benefits of having one of those specialty playmaking guys as a returner. But hopefully there's someone on the roster this year. The Carolina Panthers right now, they got Demir Bird, who started off his career in Carolina. He's been a kick returner in the past. He can be a punt returner. He's someone, when you're thinking about that open competition, a kick returner and punt returner, that absolutely is going to be in the discussion. Uh, Shai Smith, last year's strode up punt returner. But when we look at the roster, a guy like Bird is someone who's coming in here, special teams-wise, to take his spot. And Shai Smith would be, in my opinion, on the outside looking in, especially now that they brought in Jonathan Mingo. But really, once they brought in Bird, that should have given people uh, the warning sign that, oh man, Shai Smith, he might not be back here for his third year. Raheem Blackshear came in as a kick returner for the Panthers last year. I would pencil him as someone who would be doing that again this year. C.J. Saunders was a uh, Matt Rule favorite, someone that they brought up a lot as a returner, sort of like a Brandon Zilstra, but someone who would be more apt to be a punt returner in the NFL. Has not made the roster the last couple of years. Has been on a practice squad, still here. So I imagine that Scott Bitterer and I would say Chris Tabor as well sees something in him. Now, Chris Tabor did not want to mention names as far as who's in the open competition because he didn't want to leave someone out. Uh, I wish he would have mentioned names. We can guess it to be a bird, Shai Smith, Raheem Blackshear, CJ Saunders would all be in that competition. And maybe Lavishka Chenault. We didn't get to see... Him getting an opportunity to really return kicks last year. He did a little bit of that back at Colorado in college. It's not like he's one of the Panthers' top receivers, so he's someone who, in terms of, like, are you worried if he gets hurt on special teams? I wouldn't say that would be the case. He was someone I said last week when talking about who could benefit from the staff change. That's LaVishka Chenault. He was not allowed to go across the line of scrimmage last year. On the other side of the line of scrimmage was lava until you caught the football. This year... Maybe he's able to contribute special teams-wise as a returner. He showed that speed against Atlanta and against New Orleans. Why not utilize that in this competition? So we'll see. 
We'll find out more, I'm sure, when the media is out there during OTAs and this next portion that's going to be going on to see what it looks like as far as he's actually returning kicks and punts back there. And we'll have more of an understanding of the guys who are in that competition. But I would assume Demir Bird, Jai Smith, Raheem Blackshear, CJ Saunders would be those four names right now. And there's probably some other names um, that I'm not thinking of that are in there. Um, improvements. A good special teams unit where – Great line snapper. You never have concern there with J.J. Jansen, uh, one of the best punters in the NFL, even if he's getting older than Johnny Hecker. And then Eddie Pinheiro had the best year of his career as one of the best kickers in the NFL last season. All three of those guys are back, and it's so important to have you know that battery of your punter, your kicker, uh, your holder as well, um, and your long snapper in – uh, back here in Carolina. So looking at improvements that they want to see, he wants to see made, that's Chris Tabor, the special teams coordinator in Carolina. He's had too many penalties, especially in the punt return game. He wants to clean those up, says he got to do a better job coaching. Um, they can be better and kickoff coverage team, also punt protection. So just reducing penalties, especially in the punt return game, uh, being better in kickoff coverage, and then being better in punt protection, especially losing at like Sean Chandler, who was really that primary protector of Hecker, uh, finding someone else who can fulfill that role here. That will be important for Chris Tabor, who also said he has not seen too many guys right now that have really kind of identified themselves as far as like kind of rookies and guys who are going to be really trying to make the team and the roster based off of special teams. He has not singled out anyone so far. And he also said didn't want to single anyone out. So we're all left here to just speculate and wonder who those players might be. Now, Gerald Vero bringing a new 3-4 scheme, had a top 10 defense and a ton of major categories last year in Denver. Everyone's excited about him. Likely, possibly his only year in Carolina, and if that's the case, oh well, not not a bad thing at all. I think that's actually a successful thing. That means the Carolina Panthers were a, a fantastic defensive team, and I think with the new offensive scheme here, with Bryce Young and the players that they brought in, that probably spells playoffs. So yeah, Gerald Vero, if he's only here for a year in Carolina, that's kind of my expectation anyways. I would not be upset about it at all, because I think you've would make an excellent head coach from everything I've read about him and everything we're going to see this year. We'll see, of course, TBD, but I think we're going to have a great defense because of him and his mind and what he wants to do with some of these players, like a Jeremy Chen, who he talks about. He's a weapon he wants to utilize and not want to say how he's going to utilize him, but we know with Ron Bell being here, Jeremy Chen is someone who's going to get to play uh, a little bit closer to the ball and maybe a more natural playmaking position, something similar to what he played when he was a linebacker there and a big nickel during his rookie season in 2020. Um, and also looking at some of the, the guys that he has drafted. Uh, DJ Johnson, Gerald Vero tells me a smart football player. He has the attributes that they're looking for in terms of size and speed, which we talked about in the draft at night two. It seemed very clear that they were looking for the traits in some projects. And he said, like all rookies, he needs to adapt to the NFL. Uh, Jimmy Robinson uh, has he has versatility. He can play nickel, he can play safety, um, Maybe even a little bit of corner, but that's really the nickel anyways. So you like what Jamie Robinson can bring. Maybe he's going to be your, your small nickel or you have Jeremy Chen as your big nickel. They got some options because of the players that they have drafted, that they have back here, and that they have brought in to allow players like a Jeremy Chen to play in a different role that makes more sense in this defensive scheme, which as Jordan Rodriguez, the former beat reporter here in Carolina, told us when we had her on a podcast a couple months ago, it can be its own living organism. So very excited to see that organism come alive here in 2023 with Jero Vero as a DC. Uh, one final thing, I still think they need an edge rusher. It's only May 17th, so there's plenty of time for them to go out there and sign somebody. Clowney's still available. Houston's still available. Um, my preferred option, Leonard Floyd, he's still available. I just say give them some time to look and see what they have out there as far as what's on the roster. And then 
I'm sure, as Scott Fitter has already said multiple times, like an edge would be nice. And now they brought in DJ Johnson. It does not feel like he's going to contribute. Maybe he will. And if he does, then fantastic. Um, but a veteran, that would make a lot of sense for the Carolina Panthers as far as the starter out, at outside linebacker opposite of Brian Burns. Jero Vero, again, not wanting to give too much, saying that they're more focused on the fundamentals um, and more than the depth chart. And it, he said it's Mr. Burns. Brian Burns, of course, is right now out with that ankle injury, and he'll be out probably until he gets ready for training camp. And it's Mr. Burns and a bunch of guys who are fighting. That's DJ Johnson. That is uh, Etor Grosmanos, apparently is adapting really well to playing outside linebacker. We'll see. Did not seem to be a scheme fit on paper, uh, but maybe it works out for him, and that's the hope because he is a really good player coming out of Penn State. He's shown some signs, uh, just has not been consistently out there as someone who's really stood up and played well. And maybe the scheme change fits him because last year um, when they played, you know, there was more multiple, which they'll still be. And it was position for him to step up after they let go of Morgan Fox. He did not grab the reins of that. And we'll see how it look, looks now with him as an outside linebacker in his three, four scheme. There's gross Matos. Of course, there's Marquise Haynes, um, Mari Barno, DJ Johnson, those guys all battling to be that starting outside linebacker. And I would say right now, Marquise Haynes would be my favorite. If that's what they're going to go do, if they don't bring anybody else. I would say it's probably Haynes in that position. Um, so there we go. Gerald Vero, some good stuff. Chris Davis, some good stuff. Thomas Brown, some really good stuff in breaking down what this roster looks like and what they want to do with their, their um, specific uh, position groups and units that they are coordinating here in Carolina. Um, the Carolina Panthers have brought in some recent signings. We'll take a look at who those guys are and where they have a chance to make the roster here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rookie minicamp does play a role in helping to build the remaining roster for the Carolina Panthers as they get ready for the rest of the offseason program and OTAs. But more importantly, prepare for the 2023 season and heading down to training camp, which looks like it's going to be back in Spartanburg at Wofford College. So, yes, Bryce Young, that's the marquee storyline, John um, yeah, Jonathan Mingo, seeing what he can do and seeing what some of the other draft picks can do, but also giving some guys an opportunity to try out, particularly XFL guys. And Scott Fitter did say a couple of weeks ago after the draft that they would look at XFL players, and they've gone out, looked at those XFL players, and they've signed a couple of them. Uh, one guy who is really the star, it sounded like a rookie minicamp. There can be a star in rookie minicamp, and that was brought up by Josh Klein on the show yesterday. Outside linebacker Jordan Thomas. He also worked that tight end. Looks like they wanted to be more of an outside linebacker as an edge rusher and compete with the guys that we just mentioned there uh, a moment ago. So he worked that tight end. But he's going to be more of an outside linebacker. That's what they want to play at. He was a former six-round pick of the Texans out of college and was in training camp with the Colts back in 2021. Coached by Frank Reich. So that makes a lot of sense. Gary Jennings, wide receiver formerly 
out of West Virginia was one of the standouts in the XFL this past spring, I was told. I, I did not watch the XFL. If he was one of those standouts, you guys watched it, let me know. Uh, but he was also in Colts camp in 2021. It makes a lot of sense for him to be signed. Uh, Antoine Jackson, a defensive end. They also signed uh, veteran safety and Vernon Scott. They signed him as well in a coinciding move to get rid of him to bring in Scott was to then waive undrafted uh, rookie free agent safety Nico Bolden. So hopefully Nico can catch on somewhere else. I know that's going to be pretty upsetting after rookie minicamp to then lose your spot um, on a roster, but there's got to be other teams out there that are interested in him. So best of luck to Nico Bolden. And we'll always remember your tenure here in Carolina. Vernon's got here. Uh, Ace Ely linebacker out of Georgia tech, really good player um, out of the ACC. So I'm excited about that. Uh, we talked about a guy um, in bumper pool who I thought was excellent at Arkansas when healthy. Ace Ely was really good for Georgia tech and Georgia tech, Last year, especially when they fired Jeff Collins and just a bleep show that was, and they brought in Brent Key, who's now their uh, full-time head coach. AC Lee and that defense, like they kind of held things together. They upset a North Carolina team with Drake May, really had him in that offense, not looking all that great that evening in Chapel Hill. I was there. I would know it was awful, but AC Lee, he was out there making plays at Georgia Tech and made them a respectable team towards the end of the last season in 2022 in college football. So I was excited when I saw that Ace Ely. It's a Yinde Ely. Uh, that's what his real name is, but Ace Ely is uh, what he's known, at least his nickname is. Um, also offensive tackle, B.J. Watson. And this is one that could also be a sneaky good signing for the Panthers. Played D- D2 football at Quincy University. No idea where that is, but he's coming off a torn Achilles. He was invited to the East-West Shrine game before tearing his Achilles. Was, of course, unable to play in that game. So he's someone that NFL scouts wanted to see. Didn't get an opportunity to see him, of course, undrafted because of the Achilles and coming from D2 and not being able to participate in that East-West Shrine game. Now he's in here in Carolina. The Panthers, the only other offensive tackle that they have brought in, other than, of course, re-signing Cameron Irving, is uh, Ricky Lee, the OT, the offensive tackle from uh, A&T. So now bringing a guy who a lot of teams were interested in, possibly had he performed well that week, had he been healthy, does he get drafted? I don't know. Panthers do need some options at a tackle. Brady Christensen can do that if they need him to do. Of course, Brandon Cam Irving for another year. We'll see whether he's going to be back for more than just this upcoming season. Um, I don't know, but they need to find some other tackles out there. So you got Larnell Coleman, who's developing. You got Ricky Lee at A&T. You got B.J. Watson now on the roster. And I don't know where he's at with his rehab because, that's, of course, that's a difficult um, injury to come back from. And maybe a tackle might be easier than, say, a corner or Dante Jackson be trying to do that. So we'll see how that works out. But that is a, a move that has me interested. And then lastly, we talk about returners and who can compete. It looks like they brought in Marquez Stevenson, former six-round pick from the Bills, who was drafted out of Houston to be that guy. Also, I think he was an XFL player. So he's someone who can come in here. And if he's going to make the roster, it's going to be by returning kicks and punts and showing what he can do this offseason. So excited about that for the Carolina Panthers, Marquez Stevenson being here, and some of the other recent signings who I think – I mean, Jennings was great, played with Will Greer at West Virginia. Um, he's played in that stadium before when West Virginia played Tennessee. The start off, I think, the 2017 or 18 college football season. Uh, either way. So good good signings there for the Panthers, fill out the roster, and I think that will bring in some good competition moving forward. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all check out the show Monday through Friday. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where I will be back on Friday to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to participate on Twitter. 
uh, in the weekly Friday mailbag at Julian Council. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Thursday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.